Welcome to another episode of Infinity X, where we give a stage and microphone to human excellence in the pursuit of never-ending opportunities and merging ecosystems with world-renowned entrepreneurs and influencers. Now, here's your host, David Harder. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Well, welcome to welcome to Infinity X. We're uh, we're thrilled to have you here. Please allow me. I like the shirt. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Nino, make sure that yeah, you stay on stay on muted, brother, because obviously you're 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 virtually co-hosting with us. But uh, (laughs) Brett, what's going on, man? Good to good to have you here tonight. Yeah, I'm super excited. Thanks for having me on, guys. Excellent. And please uh, allow me to introduce you to the CEO and the, uh, the founder of Epic Financial Strategies and the visionary behind everything that is that we do. This is Rob Gill. Rob, this is Brett Gornick. Uh, thanks, David. I appreciate that. Brett, it's so nice to meet you. This show doesn't exist without David bringing it every single Tuesday and uh, the work that he puts into this behind the scenes. And we also want to give a major shout out to Wayne Rice, brother, partner of ours, um, who is also part of the reason why we're here today. Just so you know. Yeah, great to meet you both. So, Brett, listen, you know, I mean, we were just hearing from, uh, in, you know, from Antonio that you guys are going to be down in El, El Salvador on a retreat this coming weekend. I'm going to dive into that. But before we dive into that, um, tell us a little bit more about where you're from, how you came up, where you're from, from the country, in the country. And, um, you know, what, you know, your the younger years of Brett Gornick looked like. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. And um, had a had a really good childhood. It was uh, full of just experiences and um, a lot of learning and just having a great time. Um, was into athletics growing up for sure. Um, never really like an all star athlete or a varsity athlete, but always had a desire to feel really good to work out um, and to to be like that team player. I was kind of the guy that rode the end of the bench, but would win all the sprints in practice. That kind of <laughs> junkyard dog um, played basketball at five ten, So obviously was not definitely the, the star player, um, <laughs> but loved, loved it. And um, knew through a couple like tough times with sport that it was something that brought out a lot of resilience in me. Yeah. Um, and so that led me to school. Uh, I went to the university of Illinois and um, had a great time there. Um, had a lot of a lot of learning there from a perspective looking back on uh, when I was there. It was just about how much I could party, to be honest, um, and sustain my grades, but just be as social as possible. Um, I am now very much into fitness and wellness and longevity. Uh, if you would have saw me in college, you would have never thought that would be the person I am today. Um, I was a bartender since I was a freshman in college. I was out every single night. Um, and it took me to a place that um, if I would have never gone to that place, I would never be in the place I am now. So a lot of learnings um, from being cut from teams in high school to being uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum in college and and post-college to now um, – you know, starting a successful business, taking people like Antonio down to El Salvador for our seventh um, in-person retreat um, all across the world has been a a true journey. Um, And in in the mix of that too, uh, after college was over, I had a few corporate jobs. So I've kind of just like worked 
throughout a lot of different uh, areas, but a lot of it has just kind of led me to uh, where I am now. And I couldn't be happier with what we're doing with Live Better um, and how we're just working with people to have help, help them have the best day ever and have wellness be just a staple to pursue whatever it is they want to do. If people have more energy, if people are more excited, if people have more purpose uh, and they're well uh, and they're fit, uh, they're going to do a lot better with it. So that's kind of how everything has, has led to a point. And, uh, and now we're here. Awesome. Awesome. I think that um, I don't know what happens in the uh, progression of life, but to be able to uh, do retreats and go down to El Salvador, I believe that's what you're, you're saying is, to me, it's mind blowing. It's incredible. And, you know, I'm, I'm from the place of understanding that if you continue to grow and contribute, then that model will rinse and repeat. Um, and, you know, for us, Brett, you know, real quick about myself, Dave, and Epic Financial Strategies, which is the company we work with, um, our goal, whenever we sit down with anybody, is to really understand their psychology about money when it comes to, is it scarce? Hmm. Is it abundant? If it's scarce, what was going on in life that created that? If it was abundant, how did you do that? Can we rinse and repeat and multiply that? And then what we do is take tools and technologies and really show folks how to integrate and coordinate the whole world, right? So I'm bringing this to to a point for you. Um, in In our business that if you look at the stock market, and I'm not recommending anything right now, but the stock market since 2008 until today has gone up, right? There's folks on this call right now in your generation that have never seen the stock market go down. They don't know what it was like from 1997 to 2007. Like if you look at those 10 years, wealth was eviscerated, right? So, you know, it's our job as we do integrated and coordinated proper planning is to show folks over time how to maximize their money through what we call the velocity of money multiplier strategy. Look at the banks, for example. Um, as of December 30th, 2020, about 67% of the banks here in America owned what we call bank-owned life insurance. It's called BOLI. And what the bank does is they get, mon- they get a guarantee rate of return on that money, and then they loan it out to everyone that puts a deposit in. So you know they'll loan it out for a credit card, then they'll loan it out again for a mortgage, then they'll loan it out again for um, any other kind of uh, business loan or whatever the case may be. And they make 40 cents in every dollar that we give to them. It's a beautiful capitalistic model. And it's what they've created over the last some odd 100 or 200 years. But the government decided to come on the scene in 1913 or 1915. And they've created tax law as Mm -hmm. a result of it, right? So what happens with folks when they're trying to avoid the long confiscatory arm of the government (laughs) from a tax standpoint, they lose sight of contribution. They lose sight of giving back. They lose sight of really being able to serve humanity, right? Because of their own fear and insecurities that kick in. And as a result of it, you have, listen, in America right now, we are our company's credit card, America's credit card. There's a deficit of $28 trillion. The GDP, all the money you earn, I earn, and the rest of Americans is $23 trillion. So you have a $5 trillion gap as they're printing money. So psychologically, our job as we talk to clients, just like psychologically, I'm sure when you speak to people, you have to be able to not have to, but you know, you bring people that are like, hey, we're going to go to El Salvador and we're going to go serve humanity, right? 
and there's a certain type of track and there's a certain type of progress or something to that conversation that leads to bring you to the right people that are going to help move your movement along the way. So I'm babbling a little bit here right now, but the point is what we want to be able to do is have somebody like you on the show to really talk about what made you decide to go help people (laughs) in all different parts of the world. What is it about your makeup as a young child, as a kid that played sports, that was tenacious, that was the fastest in sprints, that went to college, had a lot of fun in college. Somewhere along that line, there was a, uh, let's call it a moment of clarity that your life changed that led you down this path. And I'd love to hear that. Yeah, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good explanation and a great question. Uh, I, think, I think all of us have a childhood intuition that we can follow. Um, that we can really feed off of. Um, And there was a point in my childhood, I remember shooting baskets in the driveway when I was probably eight or nine thinking, there's got to be something I have to do to help people that are in a situation that just isn't as blessed as mine. Um, And I remember that. And then I remember a second moment in high school when I hurt my shoulder and I met my then and now mentor in fitness who just told me, he was like, you're going to do something in fitness and health and and wellness. And then, you know, years go by and you get kind of caught up in the system of going to school and studying economics, getting a business job, wanting a higher salary, getting another business job. And in the midst of that, though, that, that kept creeping back into my head because everything I was doing outside of work was then focused on building myself up. And then people started to tap onto that and say, oh, why are you eating this type of food? Um, what are the supplements you're taking? Can I work out with you after work? Um, and then one thing led to another. And I think the biggest thing that when we coach our, our clients that are trying to start businesses or have started a business and are trying to scale it is just to do it. Um, and I think it sounds simple, but it doesn't have to be this all or nothing from, from the jump. You don't have to quit your job today and start a business. Um, I overlapped corporate and live better for almost three years until mm-hmm. I was ready to, to make that switch. But I did. I trained personal training clients at 5, 6, and 7 a.m., went to work from 8 to 5, then trained a couple other clients at 8 dinner, went to bed for two years um, until I had a point one where I was ready to go. And then also when I was financially ready, speaking of that, it was, that was a huge piece of the puzzle for me. It was like, am I making more money doing what I want to do than I am what I don't? And once I hit yes, it was easy for me to pull the shoot, but that was because of a lot of that hustle. And the main thing that came back to it was my skill set and what I was good at blended together and for what I love to do, which was to help people better their lives. And so personal training was huge for that. And then I became a Nike trainer. So I got validity. Then I, you know, we came up with our retreat idea, which was like a huge piece of the puzzle. And as those things started to overlap, it was like, how can we use these skills to help people be better. And then when they're better then they can use that to pursue their purpose in life. Yep. And um, in the midst of all that, you know, giving back, like you mentioned, has always been a key staple for us. So one of the things that we do is we run a youth wellness program um, for mostly Chicago public schools. But now we have um, actually through Antonio, we have a school out in New York uh, that we're working with a couple of schools in the suburbs of Chicago and we're doing youth mindfulness and yoga uh, and daily like wellness habits for kids. And so that's all just like on the backside of everything that we do. 
um, and something that we like our give back purpose because we've helped so many adults and we're like, if we could help these people 40 years earlier, like we're going to be in a much better space. Sure. So I think the main thing when we work with somebody is what is that root? What is that purpose that is driving you to do what you do? And once you really decide to go after that, you know, you could, you can take hits and you can get nose and doors slammed in your face, but it is so much better on the other side and you will always get to that other side. Uh, and we believe that when you're filling up yourself with wellness um, in a productive way, you will out energy the negative. Like you'll just keep going because you don't have a choice. Like you're not tired. You don't need a coffee at 2 PM because you're just ready to go. Um, and I think when you fill yourself up like that, then in true honesty, when you're filling yourself up, you have way more to serve other people. But if we're depleted, whether it's from a nutrient perspective or a movement perspective or a sleep perspective, we're not giving other people hundred percent because we don't have it. Uh, and once we get that, it's like crazy when that switch flips for people, when they're just like feeling better and they walk in and, you know, we've seen people for weeks or months or talk to them on the phone or however we're coaching them. And I can just sense it. I'm like, oh, like you're just healthier. You're stronger. And you want to do more cool stuff. To me, that's just what that's just like lights me up. That's awesome. That's awesome. Dave, did you have what was? Yeah. I, uh, what was the point? Uh, first of all, what what area of corporate did you work in? Uh, I worked in data analytics for Kohl's department stores first and then Walgreens department stores. So I was analyzing um profit margins on products, supply and supply chain stuff, um, uh, product assortments, um, and then across a bunch of different like brands and product lines within both of those stores. And was that what you were educated for at, at Illinois or did you study something different? Yeah, I studied economics. So it was kind of a broad mm. range, but um, I mean, in all honesty, Kohl's is the best job I got out of school. So I just headed up to Milwaukee and, and worked there. And, <laughs> and off you go. Well. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I was the fastest promoted person in that company. I worked super hard. I was really good at it, but yeah. like seven, eight months into that job, I started personal training on the side at a gold gym out there, having yep. no idea what that was going to be making like 15 bucks an hour on the side just to kind of like get my feet wet. Yep. Um, not even thinking it would lead to anything, but more so like I talked about just scratching the itch and turning it into something. I remember I had to buy my personal trainer's t-shirt and put my name on it. And it cost me 50 bucks. And I was mm -hmm. nervous to spend that money because I was like, what is this? But now I understand what it means to like self-invest. Like to me that now it's a drop in the bucket. Of course I would do that. But in that moment, I'm like, Oh, should I do this? Or should I get groceries for the week? Mm -hmm. um, and wow. doing that was such a big shift. Cause then I was like, I'm willing. And I got my personal training certification, which was a thousand dollars. Like these things I'm like, I like, I wasn't in a financial situation to be able to like throw money around. And now that, you know, now that you're, you know, you do well with it, those numbers don't mean anything. But at that point, you know, straight out of college, um, not knowing it was going to lead to something. It's just like, I look back at those moments and be like, wow, those were so defining just to sure. make that investment in myself. Sure. Sure. And let me ask you another question around um, the experience at Kohl's, right? Because it sounds like that was very, very relevant experience to running your own business. What yeah. were the things that you took away from that experience that you've applied to your business, but also now that you're running your own business, right? And you know, you're an owner and operator at the exact same time. What are things that, um, you know, folks that are moving into corporate America, 
uh, need to be aware of if they're thinking about moving away and starting their own business, right? Because you'd mentioned your coaching now. So what were the positives? And then what were the take- takeaways that you would, you would, um, you know, uh, coach people into as they're looking to kind of follow in the footsteps that you took? Yeah. Super good question. And super relevant. And my corporate experience could not have been more impactful on who I am now because it taught me how to show up on time. It taught me how to, as simple as it sounds, send and respond to emails, figure out a calendar, um, show up when you don't want to, um, Mm. and be present in meetings. Like I had some, Coles is such an interesting organization because it's huge. I mean, it's a billion dollar company. It's all across the U.S., the way that they operated, though, is that every section, then you walk into the store. So imagine you walk in, you see the jewelry department or you see the shoe department or you see the kids department. Each one of those departments had a team at corporate that ran that department like a small business. Mm-hmm. There's eight or nine people that run that entire department that then report up the chain. But you are you get money and this is how much you get to spend and you got to figure out how to make this business work. So that was super cool. And I didn't even realize how like entrepreneurial that was. Um, until I was done. And I had such a good experience there. And then interestingly enough, when I went to Walgreens corporate, it was the exact opposite. It was like, we're working straight for the man. Like you show up, you do the work. It doesn't matter if it's like done right. Like you just got to keep grinding and grinding. And that was super interesting to see both sides of that. Um, I think the biggest learnings from that corporate world were understanding that when you run a business, like the business learnings you've had from a, especially from a data analytics company. Like I was analyzing how well things were doing, what we should keep, what we should get rid of, what we should buy more of. Like that's business, whether you're a salesman or not, like, is this productive? Like if I cold call people from Arizona to personal train with me in Chicago, I could cold call 10,000 people and it's not productive. But if I walk out on the street corner here and stand there and pass out flyers and I get one person, that's way more productive. So I can analyze that. And now through the digital stuff, I'm analyzing all of our stuff, our website, our Instagram, our email list, and understanding the data, being able to hack away in Excel. I'm a wizard in that. And those were such good learnings. And on the flip side of it, kind of to take it to do it on your own, when you're when you mentioned when you're the operator and the owner, that's two pieces. You are working in the business and you are working on the business. Mm-hmm. And those are different things. This last two years, this last year and a half with COVID has given me some fresh air time to work on the business more so. Say, what's working here? How are, we, how are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Is this the best use of time? I also have now an eight-month-old daughter, so my time is way more important for yeah. me to be at home as opposed to just be hacking away. Yeah. So it's, I think for the, for the, from the jump and from the start, you got to just hustle. Like It doesn't matter. You're not going to figure everything out in your one, two, three, four, five. Then once you do that for a while and you start to figure out what it is you want to do, then you can start to work on it more. That's when you get mentors. That's when you work with coaches. Um, And that's what I do with a lot of our clients. I I do a lot of work with people that are starting fitness or training businesses. I have like 50 clients that I help coach and me just kind of being there, being like, where are you at? How can you scale your rate? How can you automate your payment? How can you automate your scheduling so that instead of spending 20 hours a week on the odds and ends, you can spend it with more clients. Um, And those are just learnings that you only get from doing it. Um, So overall, the corporate experience was super helpful because it kind of set me apart. Now we do corporate engagements and we've 
designed movement programs for United Airlines and all sorts of really cool stuff that if I didn't have that kind of corporate understanding, um, we've given talks at Google and Deloitte and all these places where that background for me is super valuable. Um, and now it's taking that, what I learned. And then now kind of like, now that I have years of understanding our business, it's kind of layering back in to say, how can we work on this to, to make it even better? Infinity X, where we give a stage and microphone to human excellence every Tuesday. Tonight is obviously no different. We were joined by Antonio Vaglica, and we are here with the absolute mighty Brett Gornick. Brett, uh, hey, put out into the chat, or somebody put out into the chat, uh, you, what are your websites, uh, Brett? Uh, where, where can folks find you? Yeah, I'll put it into the chat. Um, livebetterco.org is our website. Um, we've got some really cool stuff on there um, at livebetterco on Instagram. I'll put that out there too. Um, and folks, any anybody, uh, we are doing this live, Brett, so anybody who has a question for, for Brett, please yeah. put it in the chat. Parker, I see that. I'm going to get you in one second, my brother. But uh, Brett, I got a question for you, my friend. So you're talking, you shared so many different golden nuggets about the experience in corporate and how you how you're applying that to your business. One of the areas that I see that you're doing massive scale is in the areas of social media, right? You had mentioned that, you know, I know you have 25,000 plus followers on Instagram. Is Instagram your largest uh, subscribership and or following or are you seeing trending upward in different social in social verticals? Yeah, right now, our biggest is um, that. And then also, I wouldn't necessarily call it social media, but just our email list. We have, have sent out for uh, five straight years an email every Wednesday called Wake Up Wednesday, which is motivational nuggets as well as tactical nuggets for how to just be well and how to kind of get over a lot of the hurdles, both physically, mentally, um, and things that come up. So that's a huge place for us now too. Um, we get a lot of, the, a lot of, a lot of things there. Um, and yeah, those are probably our, our top two right now is email. Um, and then the Instagram. So what, can I ask you a question please, please, regarding please. your email list? How, how, if you don't mind me asking, how big is the email list? Just curious. Yeah, That right now is, is around the same as my Instagram. I have to go back and look, but it's, it's in the tens of thousands. Awesome. And, and for the entrepreneurs that are out there, right. That, that are looking to grow their businesses. When you do your, you said the emails every Wednesday, is it just yeah. one a week or is there multiple emails? Yeah. We call it wake up Wednesday. We keep it simple. Um, yep. And that's it. Does it lead to people coming through your system to, to do? Yeah. Business? So it, yeah. So it's interesting. Cause like in full transparency in the beginning of everything, I didn't understand like the term now that everyone uses is a funnel. Yeah. I had no idea what that was. I was just yep. kind of doing shit and we yep. were just figuring it out. Um, and as I've learned more about this and honestly in the last like two years, it's really come to a head of like, Oh, get people involved and then they come down and learn more and then they do this, this, and this. And so, yes, we have very much now focused that inward. Um, but in honest, in all honesty with that, it's very just like educational and it's, sure. um, you know, I would say that is, is a, probably our biggest avenue to improve is to think more about our customer journey and how they get to where they get to. Um, we've done very well and, and it's just old school. Like most of my personal training clients, most of my coaching clients are like word of mouth or people that I've worked with have referred me. And because of the, our fee structure, 
I'm not looking to get 10,000 coaching clients. Um, I work with a select few so that I can give them more time and energy. And that works great for us. Um, there is definitely opportunity through what we're doing to continue to scale the business um, across a lot of those different avenues, but it definitely works. Like this retreat we have coming up in a week is completely sold out. Um, it's our biggest one. We're launching our next one actually today for March. So if anybody's interested in coming in March, like we already have, we can only fit 35 people and we had 18 people overflow from this retreat that said they're going to come on the one in March. So it's already halfway sold out. And Brett, when you're on the retreat, are you doing training for those three days? Is there? Yeah. So the retreat is five days. Um, it is a combination of a physical journey, a mental journey, and then just a understanding of what you want to get out of life. So hmm. yes, there's yoga every day. There's fitness every day. There's surfing every day. We take care of that. We take care of the food component, super healthy eating. And then it's a lot of self-development. How are you using these tools? We do a routine development workshop. We have adopted a, a Japanese philosophy for living that's called Ikigai, which is essentially this kind of like um, grid of different things that you do and how they all fold together to really pursue your purpose. Um, and throughout the week, we have different workshops that evolve so that by the end of the week, we do this really cool, a couple of really cool culminating workshops that you leave and you're like, all right, like I'm ready to go now. Um, and it's really cool. We actually have 13 people coming on this retreat that have been on a retreat prior, which is really fun because people want to get this kind of reinvigoration, I think, because of the last year and a half and everything that's been going on. Um, and I was talking to all those participants this week, uh, just asking, you know, why are you coming back? What do you want to get out of this? What can we do to make it better? And they all really said, like, I just need to be there to, mm. for my time to just think and be around you guys and be around this community and just get that next, that next fresh start. A lot of them like quit their job or got out of a relationship or moved and use that first one as a catalyst to do that. And now they're ready for step two. Um, and I think that's one of the things like kind of our name is live better. It's it, there's always an opportunity to be better. So what are we doing to just get better? Uh, and Antonio was talking about this before me, just kind of on a daily basis. Uh, and there's going to be days that that we need to work on a little bit more and things that we, you know, we know we're putting off, but if we can continue to work hard and, and stay consistent, we're going to get over that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. And how do you grow your email list? Yeah. The biggest things that we did there was the, again, the consistency of putting out the email super consistently. I think people think that it's going to just happen or you're going to go viral and <laughs> that does happen to some people, but it is so few and far between like, yeah. you know, our podcast has grown too over the, over a long time. And we've had people with millions of followers and hundreds of thousands and all these things. And yes, some of them posted one crazy video and it got a million views. And then they posted another one and it got a million views and they went viral. The ones though, that actually get it, that aren't just like a genetic freak or have done something crazy, <laughs> um, have just been just been keep going. So our email list went from like 400 friends for two years and we still stayed on it and we still stayed on it. And then we got mentioned in a blog post, boom, 4,000 right there. Then somebody else shouted us out a thousand right there. And then that, then we did a little like giveaway thing for it for six months. Boom. That got another four or 5,000. It was like all of these little trickling things that we would have never done if we just stopped after that first year. And we're in this for life. 
like my business partner have decided this is our business forever. So we're not into the quick gains and, you know, pay for followers or emails. Like you don't need any of that because we want this to be real people. Like our open rate for our our emails is like 50 to 60%, which is Mm. really high in this industry. Mm. And I could care less if we got a bunch more people, if they're not reading it or subscribing or actually following. Um, so again, it's just, yeah, just like Antonio put in the chat, it's just, it's a consistency game. And I think most people and just the way we are wired now with Instagram and instant satisfaction, if something doesn't go viral, we don't think it's worth it. Uh, I'll tell you like some of my Instagram posts get 5,500 likes. Some of them get like 50. And if it's the algorithm that's doing it or whatever, I just don't care. Like if I show up the next day and I have five personal training clients and seven coaching calls and a retreat planning meeting. And that's my day. And I'm making the money I want to make. I'm serving the people I want to serve and we're growing our business. I'm cool. Mm. Unreal. Unreal. And let me ask you another question. Um, as you continue to build and continue, well, first, actually, let me hit Parker Russo's question here from the chat. Who are your fitness mentors? I have a million different questions I want to ask you. But, um, who, are your fit- who are your fitness mentors? Yeah, so this is a great question. Um, when I, one that's like, nobody's going to know, um, is a local guy in Chicago, great guy. When we first started our training, we got early adapted into the Nike training family, which mm-hmm. there are eight of us now in Chicago. Um, that are Nike trainers, uh, which is kind of like this badge of of um, like honor, quote unquote, in the training industry. Uh, and the guy that was running that program, his name is Jason Rayner. He was he's a man. This guy is running just an incredible personal training business. He's the best personal trainer I know based out of Chicago. Um, that guy's great. And he taught me so much about movement mechanics, movement quality, how to coach a client inside and outside the gym, how to charge a a rate that's actually going to make you an income that you want to live off of. Um, And he was great for that. There's some other guys that um, I've become friends with over the years, um, some bigger guys on Instagram. One is Marcus Philly. Uh, He's based out of um, California. He's a really good friend of mine. He's runs a company called Functional Bodybuilding. Um, Another guy named Ben Patrick, who's really come up over the last few years on Instagram. His Instagram is knees over toes guy. He has really taught me a lot about scaling his fitness business, his online business. Um, those two guys are great. Another really cool guy in this industry, his name's John Call. Uh, his Instagram is Juji Mufu. These are all guys we've had on our podcast that have honestly just taken what what is fitness to me and not only turned it into a, the business side I look up to, but also just their journeys personally through their fitness endeavors. Um, and then my business partner too, Jason, um, he's, he's a savage. So when we, when we work out together, it, it gets me pumped up and uh, kind of having a teammate, I think is huge. When you look at where you're going to scale your business and ultimately scale your life over the next five to 10 years, what does that look like? Yeah, I think what we've looked at. So this last year was interesting because we couldn't run our, our in-person stuff and we do a lot of in-person events. We do like big yoga summits and classes and retreats and all that. It was really interesting to look back on this because um, we thought a lot about, well, do we want to take everything digital, right? Everyone talks about scale and taking things digital. Because if I taught a digital workout class, you could get thousands of people to join it. Um, And that was an interesting thought. And we did a lot of that and it was working. 
but it didn't, it wasn't what really served me. Like I just didn't get enough out of it. My, our way that we will scale is to continue to run our, our experiences for our community. Um, and if we run a couple of those a year, we're doing great. And then the biggest thing I want to do and where I see an opportunity for that scale is for me to coach other coaches. Um, and now that I have more experience and I've been able to turn our income into six multiple six figure business, mm. I can share that with people and other trainers that are just getting their feet wet and give them the structure, give them the clarity, give them the motivation and honestly just give them the belief mm. in what they can do. Because I know so many good coaches and trainers that are just undercharging and undervaluing for themselves that if they throw an extra zero on the end of their rate or they add 50 bucks an hour and they keep the same amount, like you're looking at an extra 30, 40, 50 K a year mm. and just giving them that confidence to say, yes. no, you're not going to charge 60 an hour. You're going to charge 120. And yeah. guess what's going to happen? You're not going to lose clients. You're going to gain clients. And then mm. you are going to be able to work less and then spend more time on bigger projects. Then you can put on a fitness summit or you can start an Instagram account. Um, and I got a couple of clients that I'm doing that with right now. And it's just so cool to see within two months of working with most of my clients, they will have increased their amount of revenue more than what I'm charging for the year. Awesome. And I'm just like, I get chills. I'm like, mm. you know, I was talking to one of my clients yesterday and he's like, man, I just raised my rates to XXX. And I just signed two clients and guess what? That paid for your service for the year. And I said, we've only been working together for three months. Imagine what we're going to do in the next nine. <laughs> um, and so it's just really cool for me to do that. And, you know, I think passing on the knowledge that I've gained to other people that I wish I had learned seven years ago when I started this, like where I would be now, if I knew what I knew and we can all say that would have just been way less hours working, way more money generated. And then how to take some of that money. And this was my biggest thing I, I still am not good at and then reinvest it back into the business as opposed to putting it into some random Roth IRA or whatever I'm doing with it. It's like, I want to grow me. So yeah. if I grow me and I invest 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 a year into myself, and then I book one speaking engagement in five years, that's 50, 60 grand pay for all of that. And that's yeah, you know, happened. So it's, yeah. it's a, it's a shift in, in that and then just really helping other coaches see their potential and finding what they can do best. Yeah. When, when you're away with Antonio this weekend, if you get a chance to spend a little private time with him, um, he's gone through our system here. Uh, we, we've actually through um, ecosystem mergers, understanding abundant mindset when it comes to money, creating the multiple use of each and every dollar. We've gone from eight to about 800 new meetings a month as a group. Um, uh, Antonio just got another appointment while we were on this call <laughs> and um, I just saw it pop up. Um, so to spend some, some time with Antonio this weekend, because you can kind of, you know, share that, that with you, with what we do, but did you want to turn it over to some questions? I, I can't read it. Yeah. It's too far away. Yeah. Um, Let's see who's got some direct questions or if they want to jump in and, and add some comments. Yeah, actually, you know what, Antonio, why don't you go ahead and unmute yourself if you can for a second. I know that you're over at the family party. Uh, happy birthday. Shout out. And what's up, bro? Happy birthday. Shout out again to your dad. But uh, what uh, what do you what's your outcome for this coming weekend? Number one. And based upon what Rob just shared and what Brett just shared, is there a ecosystem merger opportunity between Epic and Brett himself? 
I, I can't imagine there there can't be because I like I have to imagine there will be because of the fact that we're we're all just the, the congruency between what our philosophies are and just wanting to better people. Um, you know, I know for a fact that live better is that way, and I know for a fact that we are. Um, so the partnership idea is definitely definitely in play there. Um, you know, I'm I'm looking for next week just to be a way to be around some high level people. Um, a lot of athletes, they're a lot higher level than I am. Um, and just some ways to unplug is the one thing that I have not been doing as great as I've been go, 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 go. Um, even though I do have my own me time, but really sitting with myself and, and learning that, um, Brett is really good with that stuff. So I'm definitely looking forward to just reconnecting with the group and meeting them in person, honestly, because awesome. I've, I've had good connections with them over the last couple of years, but meeting them in person is not, there's nothing different, uh, nothing better than that. That's awesome. Have a lot of fun, brother. And get thank you. you can, get everything you can out of it to maximize. Yes, sir. Um, was was there other questions, Dave? I can't. Uh, no, but I I have another question, yeah. Brett. What do you do to get a fifty percent to sixty percent open rate on email? That is massive. And buy them. They create value every Wednesday. Yeah. And at the end of the day, he's looking to serve and contribute. Yeah. No, I know, but like, but ex- but expand upon. I, I can personally attest to the email. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Antonio, let's play in that space a little bit. So you can personally attest to that email. What is it specifically about the email receipt that inspires you to open it? Yes. And Nikhil, please take notes. <laughs> Nikhil. Yeah. Nikhil. Well, so, so it's actually funny because the, I just think, I think they bring so much value and this is actually really cool that it actually still goes to like my spam slash like promotion mail. But every Wednesday I see it because of the fact that like I'm looking forward to that every Wednesday. I still not tech savvy enough to, to put it back into my normal inbox. Um, <laughs> but there's just so much valuable and like action steps to actually go about something in your, your perspective. And you'll, you'll actually get 1% better that day just by reading it for sure. Excellent. Excellent. And you know, from that, from that influence, that mega power, do you fashion yourself, Brett, as a influencer or do you fashion yourself as a business owner who happens to just have influence out there because of social media presence? Yeah. The latter half, I, I, I stick away from like, I get a million requests to promote products and do stuff like that. And I have a couple brands that we work with that are local and that we've either, you know, taken an equity share in, or we're working to build on another side of it. But, um, I would not coin myself as an influencer. That's not what I want to be known as. I don't love that term. I mean, you know, maybe just kind of like influencer by default, just share yeah. because of the size, right? If you were scaling that level of influence in, in, in a, a couple of different additional fashions, I think that the outcome would be massive for you. We actually have a question that's coming in from Parker. Are you looking to grow having physical trainers work underneath you within your brand? Is that a thing? Uh, no, we are not looking to get other trainers underneath us. Um, it's, it's been a thought for sure. Um, and we have other avenues that, that we think can grow. Our, our training is, it's very, it's very holistic with our clients. So we take people on and we take a really whole health model to it. So it's not just a physical training, but we do nutrition we do a lot of other things. And, um, we just, that's not something we could do that. And we've talked about that for a while, but it's just not something that we want to go and do. Um, I think it's the other things that I was mentioning um, to really get um, more people that are trainers to learn how we've done what we've done and let them take their business and do their thing. 
Mm. And you'd mentioned that you'd given a couple of uh, lectures. I think you said Google and Deloitte um, to name it. Now, when did you and, and when did you get that opportunity across your table to start taking it from a corporate perspective? And do, and where do you see yourself scaling in that space as you go forward? Yeah, yeah we do a lot of corporate work. Um, so we've done I mean, I could name so many companies that we've given uh, talks, keynotes, led uh, corporate wellness retreats for. Um, we've done a lot of other really cool stuff on that front. And a lot of that has come from just, just straight up, like real, like just connection with people. Uh, I think there's such a focus now on how big we can grow our Instagram and how big we can do all that. I think honestly, for me, those things have been just more of a validation factor than a business growth factor. Um, a lot of it has come from shaking hands and meeting with people and talking to people and being in the room with the right people and having great clients that are just like my clients are, they're, they're awesome. Like they're CEOs, they're business people, they're entrepreneurs. And then we start working for their businesses. And then they're someone at that meeting says, Oh, you should come do this at mine. Um, <laughs> and I think there's just a, like, that is what works the best. Like you having somebody on your side to go sell for you will work better than any advertisement will work better than any True. email. It's it is true. a, it is a, it's true. It's a trust factor, right? Like yep. on average, they say it takes somebody nine times of seeing an advertisement or whatever to consider thinking why about that. Video, that's why those, but videos it takes, yeah. yeah, it takes one or two interactions with a person of talking about something that you trust to then go look into it. So you can build trust and rapport. And I think for what we do, because it's just higher ticket, we're not, we don't have to reach the masses. We just need to get the right people in the door doing the right stuff. Love and uh, we're in a good spot. Awesome. Infinity X, where we give a stage and microphone to human <laughs> excellence <laughs> at all times. Rob loves that. Brett, I'll tell you, I love what you're up to, brother. I love what you're up to. And by the way, if you're giving consulting and you're doing consulting work to your clients around reinvestment back into your business, we got to have more conversations, brother, because leveraging Leveraging financial instruments, but also strategy in some of the things that we do. And I know Antonio is going to share a little bit with that, yes. with what you do and overlaying that. You could be a real mega power, brother. And we talk about, you know, I, I asked the question about influence for a reason, because the mega power of your influence is the ability to influence others to making good decisions. Right. Mm -hmm. And so from that perspective, um, there's a natural overlay in what you're doing, you know, with, you know, from a wellness perspective, uh, you know, physical wellness perspective and financial wellness perspective as well. Right. And and that relationship is incredibly intimate. And I see you in our future, brother. I think that there are things that we could do uh, that would uh, that would certainly be exciting and revolutionary, quite frankly. Um, let me let me leave it with this. When uh, when when you <laughs> Rob is going to love this one, shuffle off this mortal coil. Right. And go. <laughs> and what do you want to be remembered for, brother? Uh, I think if I can, you know, one of my favorite authors is Simon Sinek, and he's written a bunch of really good books uh, in the one of the ones that I read a few years ago is called the infinite game. And it's essentially the understanding of if you're going to build something to, yeah, start with why somebody wrote to, um, if you're going to build something, in my opinion, it should be built to be infinite versus finite to then sell and make a bunch of money and go live in a, in a, in a cool house. I have zero aspiration to take our business and 
sell it or take it public or anything like that. It's just not where my mind goes. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But once you start to add in these other influences to you, I don't know, I think it can dilute what your, your integrity is sometimes. Um, I get it because if you can sell it, <laughs> it's going to secure your family's wealth for a long time. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. Um, if I could be known for one thing, it's just that I gave everything my all. Um, and I would say I am not a overall talented person, but I am a hustler and a grinder. And it just shows that if you do that and you align with, with what, what you're doing, uh, with what your purpose is, you can do anything you want. Uh, and if I could be the spitting image of that, if someone could think, man, I don't know if I can do this and they think of me and they go do it, I'll be the happiest person ever. Well, I cannot wait to follow your journey, brother, and continue to follow your journey. Brett, it has been an honor and a privilege to have you on our stage this evening. We can't thank you enough. We will be following up. We see you in our future. We are Infinity X creating infinite opportunities through conversations just like this one. Rob, any final finals, brother? Brett, thank you so much for jumping on, my friend. Tremendous story. I love um, what you're bringing to the world. I love how you broke down uh, one person at a time, one email at a time, keeping it simple on Wednesdays. Uh, success does leave clues and it requires great sacrifice. I think we know that. And, um, you know, listen, man, helping the world uh, for the better to make the world a better place is is what it's all about. And thank you for being who you are. And thank you for being on the show tonight. Rob, David, thank you guys so much. And I love what you guys are doing. And uh, if I could leave with everybody, it's just have the best day ever, every single day. Thank you, brother. Infinity X, stage and microphone. Brett, we'll see you soon, brother. Everybody, thank you. We'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Infinity X. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube by searching We Are Infinity X. Until next time.